Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. I've got Bridget Heller with me today from here in Arizona with me. Bridget, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello, everyone. Yes, so uh, we actually, I think we live in the same town, right? Is that right? Good old Gilbert, Arizona. So yep. we basically met because our kids were attending the same school. Uh, and you were working. Um, I was working. We were both working moms, but now you're working from home and so am I. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what your journey has been like? Yes. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I always have a couple businesses up in the air and going because that's who I am. Started at 17 with a hair business and just kept going from there. I've done anything from weddings to princess appearances to I've been brand ambassadors for a lot of companies. Anyway, I started getting too many businesses, too many opportunities, and I pared down and ended up working in a school, which is like you said, where we met. And I was the community liaison, which basically meant all of the jobs I had done for anything was all in one. I got to do their marketing. I got to do their events. I got to work with the parents and kids. It was wonderful. But, you know, life has different turns and different choices and different things are made and also um, COVID. So last year I left and started up two companies, um, The Strong and Capable, which is all about mindset and healthy living and owning who you are and loving your quirks. And then Deco Crate is an event design company. Um, that I run with my sister. Oh, okay. So it's a sister thing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, what I remember most about your time when you were working was the um, the big events that you would help put on and you had a lot of decorative things and you basically decided to, to turn that into a, like a home-based business that you can share the love with anybody who's having a party in the area mm -hmm. or is it also for bigger events? So all the above. Um, I was, like I mentioned before, I had a wedding planning business clear back in my early 20s because I'm so old, <laughs> but I had a wedding planning business. We did 30 weddings in a summer type thing. We were very, very successful and busy, but when I had kids, events are really hard with kids because you're out late nights, they're long hours, you come home exhausted. And so I stopped the formal business and started just doing it more on the side for friends and family and uh, companies here and there. And so after working in a formal environment again in the education system where I'd been doing their events, I just felt like I could utilize those skills again um, and help. Our goal is to help the everyday mom. We don't really want to help the people who can drop the tons of money and have the big fancy setup. We um, do weddings. We like weddings. We're very good at them and grazing tables. But we actually like the smaller parties, the themes. So we have tons of stuff that people can rent. We'll design it for you. We have crates, we call them. And basically someone could call up and say, hey, I have a luau this weekend. Do you have things for that? And we would custom create a crate for them and they can rent it and set it up themselves. Or they can pay us to set it up, and we're happy to do that, too, because what most people are paying us for is our design. We're very good at taking something and saying, hmm, how can we make this magical? Like, yeah. what can we do that would just make this feel different or unique? And, and we get that's where it's exciting for us is in that creative process. So I'm curious because I, I want to get into the strong and capable too, but I'm a little bit curious about the deco crate because you were showing me like on your phone, like at the end of the year last year like mm -hmm. some of the the displays and a lot of times it was like a photo op like snack table or something like that and i feel like we had like help me out was it like a pirate theme or like a few different things like that 
Yep. We have done pirates. We have life-size unicorns because we saw them online and felt like every girl needs a magical life-size unicorn in her life. Um, we, I just did a luau this weekend at my house. We did a whole murder mystery. And so, you know, anything like that. I'm really just, Ooh. I have deco crate. I, so. <laughs> I have done murder party. mystery parties in the past and that mm-hmm. is a lot of work. And that sounds, yeah, I actually still own a bunch of my older games. So I will have to keep that in mind if we ever do one post COVID. Um, yeah. Has, have you felt like, or did you feel as though the the pandemic itself kind of like lended itself well to looking into that kind of business for like these Zoom parties and things like that? Or did that hamper things for you? I would say it hampered us a bit because we are, we specialize more in the in-person um, event. However, because we are the creative like I said, we're all about creativity more than even just events. We just want to make beautiful things and have people see them and celebrate them. But right. we were able to work with companies um, like we worked with a soda shop over Christmas and we set up in their driveway because it's a drive through soda shop, a whole Christmas set up. And we had Santa there and people could drive through and get their sodas because a lot of the kids didn't have an opportunity to see Santa Claus. And so oh. they could drive through and see Did Santa Claus. Did you organize like hmm? Santa too? Yeah. Well, actually, my husband was Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Yeah. So my husband was Santa Claus. And like I said, the kids would drop off the letters and then the soda shop gave away a free cookie to all the kids that came through. And it was really festive with music. So we did find other ways of working with people that met them where they are. Lots of drive through baby showers and drive through weddings. Like you said, some virtual events where we would do the backdrop for the virtual baby shower um, and then a lot of smaller weddings. We actually did our first kind of post-COVID here in Arizona. It's a little more post-COVID, whatever that means. I don't know yet, but um, a transition, wedding, right? We're in transition. So most of our weddings were anywhere from 60 to 100 people during this last year. And the one we did a couple weekends ago had 300 people filter through. So that was very, very different and intense. Um, I think... I think we had forgotten a little bit how big these events can get sometimes. Right. Now, you said that you're making a crate and you're customizing that for that family. Mm -hmm. Do they just come and take it and like go set it up for themselves? Do you actually have to set it up and show them pictures of what it could look like? Or do they just get it at their house and like say, or do you actually go and set things up for them as well? Again, it's so funny. It's all the above because we can literally set it up and do a design for them. And they can pay for that design or we can literally put, I mean, I had a, a wedding shower that I want boho stuff. I just, I will figure it out. I want to be the designer. And that's how we really wanted it for moms is that the mom or the parent was empowered. The host was totally empowered that mm-hmm. they could either have us come set it up, but they were co-creating with us. So they felt like they were, you know, totally in control and to, could take ownership of it. Or we give it to them and they can make it beautiful. But either way, the host gets to take ownership of that beautiful design. So that was kind of always the goal. So they can hire us to do it or they can do it themselves either way. Our goal is to make whoever is the host look their very best. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you want to talk a little bit about the strong and capable thing that you got? When did that come into play? So actually the strong and capable is interesting because it's been an evolving, um, it's been on a whole evolution for a couple years. The strong and capable, um, 
started as a company called Now What? And it was because I've been surrounded by mental health struggles my whole life. So yep. whether it's, uh, you know, borderline personality disorder, anxiety, depression, PTSD, OCD, I have very intense, close exposure, either from my, for myself experiencing it or people right around me. And I would often find myself in these situations kind of like, okay, now what? Now what the heck do I do? I just got this diagnosis. Now what? And, you know, mental health, one in four people struggle with mental health, but it is still very much a, a thing that we don't talk about because it's intense and it's scary. Yeah. And so I started Now What? Uh, three years ago. I just looked at my Instagram today, actually, three years ago. and just was posting little things about, you know, did you know anxiety is this, you know, giving the stats or giving techniques. And it has evolved over the last couple of years into the strong and capable, which is what I call someone, you know, we think of strength as this, like the muscle, you picture the muscle, the, the hustlers at the gym, all the things, which is awesome. Hello. Good for them. But most of us are not that. And like, I will never be that. That's not who I want to be. So I won't be, but I think our, our version of strong really gets kind of convoluted. And so the strong and capable is about educating people about emotional health, mental health, physical health, really what is strong and capable? Because I believe we all are strong and capable. It's just us understanding it and having the tools to become it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we've talked about your, uh, the mental health stuff that we both have, um, you know, especially with like close friends and family who have really struggled with different things as well. Um, and what that feels like when you have to be the support person or the close, you know, loved one who is basically riding along, you know, that journey with them and what and how it can impact our own life and health and mental health as well. Um, so I didn't realize that you had basically just taken that and and morphed it into the the new name. Do you yeah. still have the now what as well, or are they separate or just one? No, so now what is the strong and capable? Yeah, it was interesting because now what was, like I said, it was that question I would ask every time I would be in an ambulance with someone I loved who didn't want to yes. live. And I'm like, well, yeah. now what? Now what do I do? Or yeah. I, I can tell you so many conversations where I just need to talk and say, dude, life is crazy to somebody. But instead, I get this like slow backup from people. <laughs> like, yeah. whoa, yeah. she's too much. She's intense. And so I am intense. I'm very dramatic. I love glitter and all the bright stuff, but I'm okay with it. And what I realized is we we are all walking around in the world wearing this like mask, pretending to be, I don't know what, whatever version we think we need to be. And the strong and capable is all about being boldly authentic. And like I said, talking about these real moments and knowing that just because I share this with you doesn't mean you have to carry it for me. We just can all be boldly authentic and be ourselves. It's okay. I appreciate people who do share, you know, like some of those hard things in life. Like, I think we're so used to just talking on the surface and like puppies mm -hmm. and cats and dogs. And, you know, I just said puppies, but, you know, like kids and, you know, sports and even politics sometimes feels more safe than talking about mental health things because that, mm -hmm. you know, life is messy and it can hurt and be hard. And I think especially as someone who has, you know, had a loved one who is very close, um, struggle with these things when people do ask you know how's it going they are always asking about the other person especially mm -hmm. if they know that that person struggled not realizing how much it has impacted our own life and yeah. is continuing to affect our own life um you know we had a a difficult time 
um, when I was about 22 with a with a loved one. And it took about five years to feel normal again, to feel like we as a, you know, community or a family or whatever had healed from that situation. And, um, and you kind of just carry, you know, like you had mentioned, you don't have to carry it, but you know, you can, it stays with you for some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The strong and capable, I realized really quickly was not about those who were suffering with the deep anxiety, depression, you know, not the ones in the spin or the darkness, that hard place. I'm, I am, like you said, reaching more for those around it, which is in, at the end of the day, everybody, we are all impacted. We all know someone, we all love someone, we all do. And if we can't talk honestly and real about it, what are we doing? We, and, and it's okay to talk real about it. And then in, you know, let's take social media. It's okay to talk real about it in one slide and the next one over be dancing to your favorite song. Cause that's, that's human. That's living life. Right. You know, but I, I know a lot of times on my journey, I would be like depressed and then I'd feel happiness and I'd be like, wait, am I supposed to feel this? Can I be happy? Is that dishonoring them? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. The things we, we get ourselves spinning on really. Would you say that what you're doing with Strong and Capable is in any way similar or in tandem with, or totally different from something like NAMI? Um, I feel like it's different. I feel like it's different because they have a, a specific mission and purpose and I'm trying to reach people and talk more about, so the strong and capable, I actually just was editing one of my podcasts um, for the strong and capable one. It's talking about the strong and capable recipe, which starts first with mindset and really looking at not so much mindset as in the commercial way that people talk about it, but really doing a mind inventory. What What's happening there? What's your thoughts? What are you going to do with them? And then heart check. I talk a lot, a lot about our heart and our spiritual sense, not to anyone, religion or anything, just like acknowledging what's happening in that kind of middle part of ourselves and what is your intention. And then that final triangle is exactly what I said, intention, marrying all those. So I'm talking more about a fluid process of being and processing each day versus a specific mission like NAMI. Yes. Okay. And just for those who are listening, do you remember what NAMI stands for? I can remember part of it, but not the whole thing. As soon as you said, I was like, dang it, I'm going to have to look that up. I do I know. not remember the... <laughs> NAMI, National Association, I I am not sure. Um, Well, why don't we talk a little bit about how this has been working for you as you're working from home? Do you feel like you're a work from home mom? Do you feel like you are doing these things as a side hustle or as like a full-time job? What is your like week like? Okay, so 100% I am a work from home mom, like 100%. And it's interesting when I came home, I didn't want to claim it. I wanted to be like, I'm just a stay at home mom with a side hustle. <laughs> Cause I like, I'm all about the side hustle. I can get on that. Um, but like I have a podcast, I have a membership community. I have all the social media that I'm doing. Plus like we were talking about Deco Crates, which is a design event company. Like these are not things that I can just do for an hour a day and and check off my box. It takes real uh, structure, business plans, uh, you know, time blocking my calendar, making sure that I have all my Zoom meetings lined up and my editing hours and learning all the different programs. Yeah, this is not just a fun thing that I do. It is very much I'm a I'm a work from home mom. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um. Are you doing your own editing and your own social media? Are you doing all of it yourself? 
yeah, right now I am doing everything alone. And I tell you what, my favorite day, you will see me dancing and through the target, like we're like a weirdo and probably filming it for social media. Cause that's where I live. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> the day I hire someone to help me with everything will be the best day of my life. And the day that person turns into two and three and I have the whole team, whew, I cannot wait for those days. Yeah. I I do have help with some things, but it is um it's definitely a challenge to just keep up and to even like juggle it all. And I've never been the best at time management, and so um trying to find a structure to to keep me on task. Um, how do you do it? So in the strong and capable, I, th- I love that you brought up time management. <laughs> I literally have a friend who is a business coach, and her specialty is time management, but um. Time management is something I'm still learning. That's the strong and capable language. We always say I'm still learning something because I had such a struggle. And I'm actually, I have dyscalculia. So numbers for me mix up, you know, just like dyslexia, it's numbers for me and time. And so time is very confusing. And uh, so I have the world's largest planner and I can't even do it digitally. I have to write everything out everything. And even then I swear two or three times a week, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I messed this up. It is time management is a struggle. But what I do know is you have to block everything out. You have to set your intentions. What are my three intentions? My husband asked me today, he's such a, such a good business spouse. He said, what are you doing today to make money, Bridget? What are you doing to bring in money today? What actions are you taking, right? So what actions are you taking to bring in money? So I set in really strong intentions. I also have a morning routine I do. And when I do my morning routine, business gets done. And when I don't, it, 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 it half gets done. Wow. So morning routine is essential because it sets up my mind and my heart. You know, again, I'm all about mindset. That's what I do. So um, setting up that business morning routine helps me be productive as a mom, as a stay-at-home mom. So for me, I've always felt that having someone to be accountable with is what's mm-hmm. going to help me get things done. If I tell someone I'm going to do this, I'm much more likely to get that done than if I just have that idea in my own head. I don't have that same relationship with my husband and that we're having these business conversations. He's not asking me what I'm going to do to bring in money today. Um, like your husband is. Do you have anyone else in your life who you are keeping that? Are, are you talking with your time management business coach friend? Or do you have other people who are helping keep you accountable? Or is that basically you and your husband? Are you guys a team on this? So he is a come in and out team member. <laughs> it's more like Brigitte's having a meltdown. And so he'll step and be like, hey, honey, <laughs> let me help you out. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty solo. But you know what I've learned that is so cool about the business world right now is through Zoom, through Facebook groups. You know, I'm on several podcasting Facebook groups. I'm in several um, mastermind type groups. Through those groups, yeah. you can really form beautiful, beautiful relationships. And those mm-hmm. people will hold you accountable. They'll say, hey, I see you. I thought we talked about this a month ago. Why aren't you doing that? Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and they don't have to be expensive. One of my masterminds is like 20 bucks a month. And it's just a group of ladies that are more in the beginning throes of business. And that's one of the things you'll learn is you need to find a group of people that is a leveled up a little bit further than where you're from, because they'll push mm-hmm. you to be better. You right. know? Right. So, I mean, those mostly, I have a lot of online friends, like, like you mentioned, um, you asked me if, 
my friend if I talk to her about time management. I do, but it's all through Instagram messaging, which is 50 seconds. So she's not a local friend. Is she an online friend? Online friend. Yep. 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 Some of my besties in the whole world. I have, um, and I tell my kids one day, I have a really good friend over in Israel and we met on an online class and I was like, someday I'm going to Israel and I'm going to hang out at Miriam's house. And they were like kind of rolling their eyes. So I got online and I messaged her and said, Hey, Miriam, someday I'm coming to see you. She's, she wrote back right away. You better come see me. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, we've got invitations to and from, uh, multiple people. I'm said that wrong. We have got invitations. (laughs) to go to see people and lots of people who will come and visit us we're still probably gonna hang out at home for another year before we really make big plans to travel but yeah I've got goals now right isn't it I I feel like so when I started the strong and capable and deco crates during COVID I was like what am I doing because these are in-person businesses but the strong and capable specifically has really moved to an online platform And in the past, I'd only taught these classes in person. And I thought it needed to be person to person to to have that connection that you need when you're really working. So when you start digging into your mind, I mean, that's a messy place. So it can be a little emotional, a little intense, but, 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 but online has been beautiful. I have made the most incredible connections with people and it's worldwide. So as a business owner, it actually opens up a whole new field of people that you would never have been able to reach to be online. I love it. Can you see yourself morphing it into being both at some point? Or do you feel like you have hit a good stride now and you're just going to keep running with that? So the strong and capable long-term, so many things for the strong and capable. My son the other day said, mom, when the strong and capable is a worldwide organization, it's so cute. So cute. What a great has, son. Right? He has goals of where he wants to travel, so I need to have business over there. <laughs> but um, long-term, the strong and capable isn't just a generic, this is our method. It will be specific to the strong and capable kid, the strong and capable marriage, the strong and capable business, right? So there will be seminars that go with that online curriculum and seminars. And actually I'm already in talks with uh, multiple businesses about the strong and capable retreats. So we're doing in-person retreats for moms, for business businesses and different things that'll be starting this fall. So definitely both. Oh, fun. Yeah. I'm I have excited. an event planner friend <laughs> who does like, so would you, you'd be doing in-person retreats. Would you also yeah. have a an online element for people who could not attend in person or not? I would, but I've already done some of those, some virtual retreats um, and some virtual summits and whatnot. So I'll just keep Mm -hmm. doing those alongside this specific to my brand, Strong and Capable Retreats. Right. So Mm -hmm. I do have to just hand it to you because having started a podcast now um, and I'm working on also having a a membership with some different tiers for different levels of engagement. it takes a lot of work. And I, I know that like when you and I are probably scrolling our Facebook feed or whatever we're on, we are probably, you know, seeing a lot of those sorts of things and it feels like everyone's doing it. But when I think about my my real life, you know, in person in the flesh friends, I know very few people who do this sort of thing. And um, it takes a lot of guts, I guess, to to really like show up and be on camera and be present and be able to, you know, be okay with just letting it go and just being authentic and talking. Um, I've, I've just learned that it's not everybody that I know in real life that can do it. And I, I think I just want to acknowledge how much time goes into that 
So it probably really is a full-time thing for you, more or less. You know, thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And you're right. It's true. It's an interesting thing that happens because I, I don't think you have to live your passion. In fact, I usually preach for lack of a better word and strong and capable that you can truly be and live your fullest life wherever you're at. It's mm-hmm. just you intentionally choosing that and owning it in the fullest, right? Um, but this is my passion and my dream. And I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. I wake up at 5 yep. a.m. thinking about it. I have my notebooks that I call my divine downloads notebooks. I have one for business and for my personal life. I mean, I I live and breathe it and I love it. And when I first started it, I was kind of hesitant to tell people. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of have a podcast. And yeah, I kind of have a mem. And I would kind of like barely like, hey, do you like podcasts? I kind of have one. You know, now... <laughs> I meet someone and the and the I'm thinking in my brain literally how soon before I can tell them because I'm so excited. I love it so much. I love yeah. what I do so much. And so I but like you said, what's interesting is while I found a ton of like-minded individual friends online in mm-hmm. real life, there is a separation that starts to happen and it can get very lonely. It can get very lonely to be all in in these different areas of your life, especially I think any working mom, anytime I've been working on any level, any working dad, like if you don't have community, when you come home, it's just very isolating. It's very isolating. So I, you know, anyone working and going all in on it, they are a strong human. Like you said, they need that acknowledgement. Anyone listening, you need to know you are a rock star And like you said, living a different life than most people, that's a unique and beautiful thing. The world needs those people. Do you want to talk about what you're doing to balance all of these changes with your family life now? Well, the biggest thing I'm doing for balance is in the moment, giving myself permission to be present. And that is hard for me and my personality type to do. I would be a workaholic and let the world pass me by. And so it's very hard for me to pause and to be present. But, you know, I have a daughter. She's a senior this year. She graduates in a month, which I cannot believe. And the biggest thing is when she comes in the room, I put it down. And I literally say to myself, Rajette, in 10 years, if you don't put this down, you will regret this. This is the moment. This is the moment to be present with her. And so I walk myself through it in my head and I tell myself, this is the moment to be present with this child. This is the moment to build a memory. Because if I can give my moments purpose, then I can find a better balance. And that's what I need. I need purpose behind my moments. That's good. So you have, let me think, three children. Mm -hmm. Are they in school during the day or did you guys do an online option this year? Well, I mean, has anybody had a real normal year? No. No. <laughs> right? So they've been all the above. They've been online, they've been hybrid, and they've been in person. Okay. But um, right now they're all in school. My senior does come home about halfway through the day. I think I think I heard the door open a little bit ago and that she's home. But um, yeah, so they're home and they're back in their choir groups and the things they're doing. So it is a full life, but I am thankful for from about nine o'clock to two o'clock that if I'm intentional with my time, I can get a lot done right now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We have not had that here. (laughs) We still don't know what we're going to do next year either. Cause when I, um, you know, we had the kids come home for their online 
everyone was online last spring. And I was already looking at starting my, you know, work from home. Yes, I work from home business um, come summertime. And my kindergartner was going to be, you know, full-time kindergarten five days a week. And here in Arizona, we start at the end of July, um, sometimes the beginning of August. And I was like, finally. And then I'm like, okay, no, we're going to keep the kids home all year. And I'm going to still start this business. And it definitely <laughs> has had a few bumps, you know, and definitely hasn't happened the same way as it would have been if I would have been able to really dedicate, you know, my workday hours to this all, but um, we're getting creative. You know, I, I, I'm still teaching ESL in the morning. So I wake up like, I used to wake up at like 2am and now I'm waking up more like at four, three or four most days. Um, and it's like not the life that I was planning on for this year, but we're, we're getting there. We're transitioning. It's going to be a, a process. But. Yeah. We were hybrid almost until February and I know I, I have to sit my youngest son, he's on the spectrum and he's ADHD. So if you can imagine online school with that, it's not, <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a challenge for him and it's a challenge for us to help him through it. So basically I did not work at that time. I would have to okay. sit right next to him yep. and I would try and work. I'd be sitting next to him under the thought of I'm going to work. But then by two o'clock, him and I were about ready to hurt each other because <laughs> he's not getting his work done. I'm not getting my work done. No. And you know, whether we want to admit it or not, as humans, we're happiest when we're creating and when we're working. We always think we're happiest when we're relaxing, but really we're happiest when we're creating something new. And so if it's been four hours of us just trying to work and neither being successful, it was very emotional. I don't do yeah. not miss it. I do not. I, so hats off to you for weathering the storm because it is no joke. It is a hurricane. I am just trying to get through with like, this is not permanent. This is not what we have to do for the rest of our lives. We'll still have options going forward. We don't know what those options are right now, but <laughs> something is going to change. Um, I mean, honestly, homeschooling has been really fun for our family. Um, we started in mid-January. On the 100th day of school, we pulled the kids, um, at least two of them. The third one is just only seeing her teacher for about 10 minutes a day sometimes. <laughs> um, but we love the freedom. I was homeschooled when I was, um, I think, fifth through 11th grade. So uh, I know some of the freedom and like our, our house started to look like a homeschool house with all of these like educational books. And like, you know, we've got textbooks laying around now, like not like college textbooks laying around, just, you know, just in case anyone wants to learn about biology or chemistry. Um, <laughs> definitely it's starting to look like that. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not going to last forever. Yep. It's a season and it's a seasons are hard because I was actually just talking about this with my awake community. That's my membership community. We were talking about how different seasons, it's really hard to, it's a hard thing with seasons because as uh, moms especially will say, it's just a season. It's just a time. I'm going to work through it. We were talking about my friend, she's this rose bush and her rose bush, she hasn't been able to tend to because she has four little kids under the age of five <laughs> and her life is very chaotic. Yeah. And so she said, so I looked out at this rose bush and on one side, it's got full, huge blooms blossoming. On one side, it's got blossoms that just can't quite come out. And another side is totally dead. And there's a weed growing up through it and she thought I don't have to be stuck in one season I can enjoy all the seasons and know that there are some thorns that need pulled out there are some rough things that will need trimmed up but I'm still blooming in different parts of my life and that's okay too so I think it's just really hard to like keep it all in perspective because often we feel like that rose bush she described where it's like what's oh even God. happening here what is this <laughs> 
That's I love crazy. It. I love I love the time freedom that we have right now because I don't have to rush the kids out the door every morning. That's when I was. That's when you would see me every day mm-hmm. at my worst. <laughs> the worst moment of my day is just trying to get the kids at the door. Um, but I love that time freedom that we have. What we don't have right now is the ability to just go wherever we want, whatever we want, like we normally mm-hmm. would if we were to continue homeschooling. Um, as far as like just being able to like go out and find all of the, um, you know, the museums and stuff. So I think eventually we'll get there. Sorry, my dog is having a little moment. Just mighty, mighty. Yeah, I think Amazon rang the doorbell. Okay. Very scary. Very scary. Hey, we can talk about this though, because honestly, you know, a lot of people who work from home love the fact that it gives them more time with their pets, but how Mm -hmm. does it, like, does it, do you have your dog with you when you're recording your podcast? Does it bark sometimes? Do you care? Do you not care? So Miley, this my, my Miley is 10 years old and she should be with me at all times in her mind. I literally rolled over her on accident in my chair today because she was right there. Um, and yeah, she is in the room with me all the time. She doesn't usually interrupt like that, but she is getting old. So if the doorbell rings, she's kind of seeing now and thinks the whole world's on fire and we're being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I actually love it with my dogs. I love having them here. I have her little dog bed in the back. I don't know if you can see it. Right there. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Miley is in here and I make sure I make sure of it. Because other words, they're at, at my door. And actually on my social media, almost every Monday when I when I record my solo podcast, I will take a picture of them or my husband will take a picture of them because I'm in my closet. That's the quietest, bestest place yep. for my podcast recording. Yeah. It's the very best for podcast recording. So I'm in that closet and they're always outside the door. That's the one time I don't let them come in because they would be in my face and that's too much. That's mm-hmm. a little, you know, but yeah, I actually love having working from home and having my dogs with me. I call them my fan club. I have at least two. I have two fan club members <laughs> who are like diehards. Miley so do they make appearances? Like, do you hold them up and like, does everybody know them? Um, they're starting to because I post about them a lot. So not usually on the podcast as much. They'll be in the back. Sometimes when I'm teaching a class, um, depending on where we are, Bella will jump on a chair or jump on a bed and be like, hey, guys. <laughs> so she's a huge old golden retriever. You cannot miss her when she oh, yeah. comes into the camera. <laughs> Those are the sweetest dogs. That's what, we, that's what we had growing up when we had, you know, I have a billion brothers and sisters and they're just such great family dogs. Yeah. So I want to hear more about her. your closet. So where are you sitting right now? So right now I'm in my guest room. I decided, so here's the thing about working from home. My office is in my bedroom and every morning I roll over and I see the desk and I'm a clipboard lover. So I have 12 clipboards up there, one for each month with my schedules and stuff. And wow. every morning, right, I, I'm a little um, obsessive like that, <laughs> but they're glittery, so that's good. So I roll over and I see my clipboards and I see the, you know, the podcast mic and the ring light and all this stuff. And I just get sometimes a sense of overwhelm okay. because I, like we talked earlier, I already live it and breathe it. And I'm, and I'm obsessed with that. I'm, I love it, right? I love the work I do. But as you said, there needs to be balance. There needs to be separation. So today I'm down in my guest room, guest room that my sister stays in often, and I'm trying to space out to see if the echoes work, if, you know, Miley won't go too crazy at the door, if the cars when they pass are too noisy. So I'm trying to space out to see if some separation will be better. So that's where I am right now, is downstairs. Right. So you have, so you're, for those who are watching the video version of this podcast, you've got Mm -hmm. a window to your side. 
Mm-hmm. But you ha- you must have some good light in front of you because I can see your face pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Do you I have, have like a lamp on your desk? No, I got a good old Amazon. It's Amazon brand. It's very, very fancy. Oh, the ring light. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you've got a little table behind you. So a little decor mm-hmm. behind you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's right. So if and this... Then... Hmm? Go ahead. If this room works out, I will replace... Because the... I'm a designer member. <laughs> I'll yep. replace my light. And then the wall back there, I'll do a fun treatment too. So that it's prettier in videos and pictures and whatnot. And then I'll put my clipboards in front of me if it works out. What it'll mean is when I have guests, which we do often here at our house, Mm -hmm. um, because we have a lot of family. I'm the oldest of seven and my husband's the oldest of five. So we have a lot of family. You understand. Yep. So then I would move, you know, back to my room, but I'm feeling like that balance might be better if I'm working down here 75% of the time and Mm -hmm. 25% of the time up there. So, so I originally yeah. started off in my guest room. We have the bed in there. Now, did you know, if you want to claim your office area for taxes, you shouldn't have a bed in there. So mm-hmm. basically, you can only claim the part of the room that you're physically doing your work from. So when I actually, we actually measured the space. I'm in a small walk-in closet and it's small. I mean, I can't remember for taxes, we figured it out, but it's like maybe seven foot by eight foot, maybe. Um but we can claim all of this room because it's only business. Um, but if you have a bed in there or other personal belongings, it muddies that a little bit and it could be a little bit trickier in an audit. So keep that in mind. If you are going to be doing a thing where you're switching back and forth taxes, you might want to keep that. Um, you know, is there another place where your guests could stay in your home? Could you make them bunk with your kids or something? <laughs> just, yeah. just food for thought. I, I know that no, that has come up a few times. Um, but yeah, that's exactly why I ended up in this closet is because my uh, my husband's parents were coming to stay and they you know were going to use the guest bed for the first time in the room that I was working from, and I had to take everything out and it was a real, maybe your workspace is a little cleaner than mine, but I have a lot of stuff. So when I moved it, it was a really big deal. It was like a whole day um, scrambling. Um, they were road tripping and they came a little sooner than we were expecting by like three days, and so I was just like pushing really hard to get um to get everything out to get it cleaned up to get the bed made over and then to get everything I was going to put in my bedroom temporarily and I was like screw that (laughs) and I just shoved my desk into this little office what is now my office but it was it still had all the clothes in it which is really good for echoes um so if you have like a, a closet filled with clothing that's really good for podcasting but I took out the clothes and I just have so much stuff in here that it doesn't matter so which closet are you podcasting out of? So when I podcast, it's out of the closet of my bedroom. Like you said, it's a walk-in closet. It's got clothes all around me. And I do often take a picture of that for my yep. Instagram. I put on there like, hey, guys, just finished a podcast. Because yep. like you said, it is the best for sound. And it's a room within a room. So you don't have, you know, the trucks driving by or the kids going up and down the stairs. So it is really good. I've thought a few times about changing that into an office, much like you have. Um, yeah. I am a, I have seasonal depression. I have sad, right? Um, yep. Seasonal anxiety and depression. And so I need the light as much as humanly possible. So that's the only reason I haven't turned my closet into a beautiful space. I'd rip out the shelves and do all the things, but it's, mm-hmm. it's because I know I need that light every day or else I would lose my mind. Literally. It's our thing. How for me, many so. hours are you sitting at your desk in a day? 
It depends on the day. Um, anywhere from four hours to six hours, I think, you know, between the editing and the content creation and the different things, it takes a lot of time. And especially when you're learning new programs, I feel like the programs I use at this point, I have a pretty good handle on, but it's with business, it's always, you only know what you know, and then all of a sudden you find more that you didn't know always. Right. right? And so I'm always learning new things, taking classes, joining different groups, um, because the more that I can learn, the better I can serve the people that I want to. I've tried to expand it to my husband before. It's it's like, I feel like I'm learning more now than I did when I was like a full-time college student. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, you know, to understand because it just looks like I'm sitting looking at my phone a lot. My kids are like, mom, just put your phone down. Why don't you want to play video games with us, mom? And I'm like, I'm learning something right now. I know it doesn't look like it, but I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love it right now. I'm learning a little bit more about Instagram and how it works than I knew in the past. And uh, I took a business class from a lady named Kathy Heller was incredible. I jumped in not understanding this was like college level intensity of a class. So she had us meeting anywhere from six to eight hours with people a week, plus assignments. Plus I was like, this is, it took over my life. Yeah. For 12 weeks. I was like, this is all I'm doing is this class, but I learned so much and I loved it. I mean, I loved it. More than you knew that more than you knew when you signed up for it. Sounds like. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I know a lot about business having had several businesses, but I, I didn't know much about the online space, which is what she was heavily focused on. And I think for me, it's in, again, being in the mindset world is funny because I understand mindset and how it works, but she had us shifting into more of an abundance mindset and okay. I needed that regarding my business. I hadn't okay. applied it to my business. I had been much more in a scarcity kind of a how will I ever make it? How will this ever work? How can I, you know, and so I needed that push uh, and that was unexpected. So that was kind of fun. It was a lot of work and an unexpected benefit for me. There you go. Yeah. We were talking about the seasonal effect, effective disorder. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have, I'm from Minnesota and that was a real thing. Um, I was talking with someone, I was teaching an English class. This is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but we were teaching a class about in Mexico City, they want to build, uh, they're talking about the possibility of building a 65-story uh, underground building with just a glass top, which would let mm-hmm. light radiate down into it. It's just conceptual, I think, at this point. I'm not sure. Um, and someone said, well, that could be really you know, depressing to be in the dark all the time, especially the people that are down in the offices mm-hmm. and not having windows. And I said, well, when I worked in Minnesota, um, I would drive to work in the morning in the winter. It would be seven o'clock in the morning. It would be dark. And then I would be in an internal building um, with no windows. And only if I go out to the break room and then I get in my car and drive home in the evening at four o'clock, it'd be dark again. And I'm like, so I felt like that. And so that's one of the best things about me moving to Arizona is that those feelings that I had of that darkness, you know, just weighing me down for months on end. I knew that if I were to move back to Minnesota, that I would have to march straight to my doctor and just be like, I need something right now, a light box or something like that. I have put in like the daylight lights into this room just Mm -hmm. to try to like help keep things perked up. But, um, part of my problem has always been the sleep part because I, um, I have worked those funny hours. And so I have to be a little bit careful about not letting too much sunshine you know radiate into my cornea (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that I can actually sleep at the right time so my circadian rhythm isn't so jacked up um but yeah just living in Arizona doesn't cure that have you always lived here 
No, so I grew up, my dad was Air Force, and we moved okay. a lot because my dad, you know, we're all over the West Coast, and then once he got out of the Air Force, it's like uh, my family just, my mom had the itch, so then we continued to move every six months to a year. We moved okay. a lot, so I basically lived in every state on the West Coast, two states in. Um, okay. So I went to college or high school, though, in Montana, and that was really where we know, started to know the seasonal um, issues. And my mom would actually take us, all of us kids, because a lot of us girls uh, dealt with it. She would say, okay, we're going to California for a week. We're going to spend it on the beach because <laughs> oh, wow. she knew we needed the light. Yeah, it was really, really obvious and really bad. And I actually have a lot of friends and family in Alaska as well, because that's where I was born. Um, oh. And a lot of them deal with the same thing. And so they do. They have the lights to help them and the and the different things because it or they'll come down and see us down here. Arizona mm -hmm. has been the best place to live for me yeah. in regards to that. One of the funny things that I didn't realize uh, I should have known, obviously, when I moved here. Um, so in the winter in Minnesota, the, the days are very short in the winter mm -hmm. and the summer, the days are very long. And what mm -hmm. actually happens here in Arizona is a little bit more even. So um, at nine o'clock at night, it might be dark here in Arizona when it's still light in Minnesota, which obviously, of course, that makes sense because I think of Alaska, um, you yeah. know, it's either all dark or all light yeah. at some point. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just those funny little things that you don't really think about until you literally live somewhere. Um, but yeah. Do you want to talk about that? That's how Montana was. Oh, go ahead. Closer. The, that's how Montana was. It was just closer to the North Pole, right? So yeah. the, the closer yeah. you get there, like you said, the more dramatic that is, the darkness and the lightness there. How far north did you live in Montana? I have a sister who's thinking about moving there. We live in, outside of Missoula. Okay. That's where my sister wants to go live. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful there. I love to actually, I used to say, and you might know it, but I used to say a river runs through it, that movie. Do you remember that movie? I remember the title and I know I probably saw it, but I don't remember it. So a river runs through it. It's beautiful. Brad Pitt's in it. And that, the valley they filmed it in, the area they filmed it in, that's literally where I grew up. In, the Bitterroot Valley? Called, yep, the Bitterroot Valley. That's where or she's going. That's where, I, I guess I shouldn't speak so so boldly, but yeah, my sister <laughs> is eyeballing a lot of different areas and that is one of them that has caught their eye. It's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to connect you to her so that she can get the inside scoop. <laughs> what is yeah, no, it was, it's beautiful, beautiful there. And I always used to joke, like he goes and gambles in this tiny town called Lolo, Montana. Um, but that's where I went to church. So it's like, oh, okay. crap, yeah. you know, like he was gambling in this and tiny town. We had a stop. We only had one stop light. And that wasn't until after I graduated high school. I mean, it's yep. tiny, tiny. Loved it. Yep. The city that I grew up in, um, they still don't have a stoplight. I think there's one stoplight in the entire county. So funny. Maybe. I'm always really curious to learn more about people's office equipment and like what things have worked and made them more comfortable. Um, I've struggled for several years now with a lot of like neck and shoulder and back and issues, mm -hmm. just like shoulder muscle pain. Um, and so I'm always trying to like find a better way to sit. And I know that since aesthetics are so important to you, design, I, I can see you're probably struggling a little bit with wanting it to look pretty, but also I have to sit in that chair for six hours. Yes. So I actually, my chair behind me is pretty cute because like you said, design is important to me. It's highly uncomfortable. Um, uh -huh. but, but this I is not decide... your permanent station right now. 
Well, I moved my work chair down. Um, okay. But I actually did that intentionally because, well, I didn't. <laughs> I decided it was intentional. I ordered it. The ratings were good. I was like, okay, it's comfortable. It's good. And then when it came, it was so uncomfortable. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to take this back. There's no way I can work on this four to six hours or more, 12 mm-hmm. hours, depending on the date, right? Depending on the day and what the deadlines are and whatnot. But I decided to keep it. And the reason I decided to keep it was because... As we talked about, I need work-life balance. And so if I'm uncomfortable, it does help me say, hey, maybe it's time to get up and go work in the backyard or work at my table. I have a really nice table with some big chairs. So maybe I'll work over there at the table. Or And I have been trying to work outside because in Arizona, we're about to hit the heat where we won't be able to anymore. So I've been trying to enjoy the outdoor weather. And so I um, allowed myself to keep the uncomfortable chair under the thought that it helps me when I'm uncomfortable, that's my signal to get up and move. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. The more you can get up to move is the better, I think. I, I have found that you have to stay hydrated. Sometimes I'll work so intensely mm-hmm. or intensely that I'll forget to hydrate myself. And so I try to keep my water near me. But at the same time, it's a good idea to force myself to get up and go downstairs to refill it. So I'm trying to yeah. find that balance where I find reasons to get up and get out because I can just sit for a long time. Um, but at the same time I have to stay hydrated because that's really important for my health. So snacks, I try not to keep too many snacks on my office. I try to just make myself get up and go if I'm hungry. Yep. And I was, I actually had a podcast interview with a, a girl named Natalia. She's one of my good friends. She owns this cute, cute company called the tiny timber. They do dollhouses. So we were talking about in the podcast theme was quirks for that month, like loving your quirks and owning who you are. And that was the whole thing. So we were talking about owning a business with the quirks alongside that. And we were joking that, you know, I've given myself permission. She's given herself permission things to eat go to the bathroom. Yep. It's like you yep. have to tell yourself to do them because you mm-hmm. can just get working or so obsessed or you've, or you need this deadline, right? That sense of um, scarcity, like I said, or that lacking of like, I have to do it. I have to do it. Oh my gosh, the mm-hmm. world's going to fall apart if I don't do this, this, and this. And so you make yourself miserable and don't allow yourself to go to the bathroom, which is so hey, funny. Speaking of which, <laughs> I have had to interrupt, I think two interviews now and be like, I'm so sorry, but I just have to go to the bathroom. And at some point, I just had to tell myself, you know what? If I need to go that bad, might as well just say it and do it and not live in misery. Right? (laughs) Because how can I be comfortable and engaged if I'm so focused on the fact that I have to go so bad? That is the funny thing we do as business owners. We're like, oh, okay, well, I've got to make myself suffer. But then you don't give your best, your best, your best, I can't talk, your best (laughs) self to the people who you're showing up for, who you, you want to serve. You're not there for them if you're suffering. And like, and I've also found when you make yourself suffer, at first it feels noble, right? Yeah. I'm suffering. I'm here for it. But then what (laughs) happens is you actually get resentful. You're like, you know, do you know how much I have suffered for you? And that's not helpful either. No. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. We, the whole martyr thing can be real. Um, Definitely. Mm -hmm. We're human, you know, like this is, we're humans. I have three children right now. My husband is out um, at an appointment and I have three children who are watching. They're supposed to be reading books, but I'm like, as a backup, you can watch this musical DVD. That's not going to suck the bandwidth like Netflix would. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know what, at any point, my kids might need me and come in and I'm still a mom as well as a business owner and, you know, entrepreneur and all these things. And so it's like, 
if you know if we're at a work in an office and you have a family emergency you would deal with it in the same way that you know we're it's almost like when we're working from home sometimes we try to pretend like we aren't having family emergencies at times you know what I mean and isn't that funny? Because I can tell you some of the best podcast interviews I've done are the ones where I'm, I'm trying to think as, as you were talking, there was one with um, an Enneagram mom. She literally calls herself Enneagram mom. So for her to pretend okay. like she's not a mom and has kids would be silly. So in the middle of it, her kid came in and was talking about trucks and crying. And I was like, okay, we're here for that. You know, I have my son, like I mentioned, he's on the spectrum. He's interrupted many a podcast, many. Okay. I had um, a podcast interview with a woman who's dealing with infertility. And the best moment was when in the middle of the podcast, her phone alarm went off saying, take your medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and so we laughed about it and kept going. I mean, life is happening here and it's really even at work. What's so funny is like you said, at work, we would give ourselves permission to have a bad day. Or I remember many times over the last few years being like, you know, what? I'm having a rough day. I'm here. I'll get my stuff done, but give me some space, you know, but we don't do that at home. <laughs> One thing I remember about you, Bridget, is that you had that little like fanny sack that had chocolate in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, give me this, some of that. <laughs> this a good life when you've got a fanny pack. It was a sparkly fanny pack too for the record. <laughs> that had chocolate in it. I mean, come on, if you can make someone's day better, we gotta do that for ourselves too. Even at home. Well, to wrap things up, do you have any advice that you would like to share with people who are just thinking about working from home or who are just getting started that might give someone that foot up? So I, I would say the biggest, biggest thing, biggest thing is um, take care of yourself. Like we we're just talking about really, truly take care of yourself. Because when you take care of yourself, when you eat better, when you exercise, when you allow yourself to go to the bathroom and when you sleep decent hours, when you go and do intentional things with the people you love, you will be a better business owner for that. Um, I have mm. a my kids are in a choir and the choir director is, it's called the millennial choir. It's one of the biggest children's choirs in the world, I believe, but he's there because they're all over in multiple States, but he is the most fit human I've ever seen when he's up there because he's conducting 500 people in an orchestra at the same time. And it's incredible to watch. And he'll tell the kids, he'll pause and be like, I have to work out to show up for you. you wow. know? So like take care of yourself so you can show up for the people you want to serve. And then the other thing is, as, as we talked about the strong and capable, the heart of who we are is live with intention, work with intention. What is the North Star that you're trying to get to? And what every day, what intention are you setting that's going to get you there? Whether it's a financial goal or, you know, we live with fear, but we don't have to have fear when we have intention. That kind of takes out the fear. We're always scared to try something new, to learn a new equipment, to try the reel for the first time or to ask someone if they want to participate in your offer. I can tell you I was on my podcast last week, I was in a class. The woman was teaching word for word, almost the same thing I did. I could have felt imposter syndrome. It, it thought about it. It snuck up in my mind. It thought about it. Instead, I was like, you know what? She knows the same stuff I know. She's reaching thousands of people and I'm not. Maybe she'd be on my podcast. This woman is huge in her field. So I reached out to her and said, we have the same audience. Would you be on my podcast? Guess what? She said yes. So it never hurts. I also asked David Archuleta to be on my podcast. He never responded. It doesn't matter. 
I don't care, right? Like it doesn't hurt anything to ask if you're going at it with why not? What could happen if I tried? So I think just go with intention and curiosity because then you're going to, the business that you're dreaming of, the reason you're home and doing that business, you can have it if you just shoot for it. So I just remembered something that you said earlier on in this episode about you have a morning routine that really helps you. And if you do it, you are more successful during the day. Can you just backtrack a little bit and just talk a little bit about what that routine looks like for you? Yes. So I just recently added exercise to that morning routine and that is throwing me for a loop. Really, truly, it's very hard for me. But, But the one that I appreciate and enjoy is very successful for me is I get up. I, I'm a Christian, so I pray and then I meditate after that. And I have a meditation, Heidi Stevens. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with her, but she has a series of meditations. Um, oh shoot, what's the doctor? I can't remember. I have a million different meditations I do, but I meditate. I allow my brain to clear and reset because after the kids go, go off to school, that, as you mentioned, that's a chaotic rough time in the morning. So I've got to reset. So I meditate, I have a vision board that I've created on my phone. And so I will hit play. I just made it literally in my photos. And so it's 50 pictures of things that I wanna do in my business, things I wanna do with my family, things that I've done in the past that brought me intense joy. I put it in my vision board and I play a song to it. And I'll switch up my song because that helps me see things differently, even though it's the same pictures every morning. And, and when something inspires me, I'm like, oh, new one for the vision board. And I'll stick it in there, right? So it's I've never heard of that. a, so is it like a slide pack, like a slideshow, like an iPhone kind of thing? Yeah. So if you have an iPhone, you probably have different albums for your pictures, right? Yeah. Like here was a Christmas album or whatever. The cool part is when you put pictures in the album, you can name it. Uh, so I named it vision board. And then mm-hmm. let me see if I can just do it for you really quick. I'm so familiar because I can do that with like different people. Yep. So here's my vision board right here. Uh And if I click on it, the three little dots up at the top, if I click on those, it will say, you see that slideshow is the second one down. Right. Okay. So So it's a slideshow. Yep. So if I hit slideshow, it'll just start showing the pictures. And it goes through all of them. It goes through all of them and you can speed it up, slow it down. You can use the Apple options for music. I just play some other music on top of it and watch it because... I didn't like their options. <laughs> did you did you think of this yourself or had you heard of someone else doing this vision board in this way? Because I've only ever seen people do like the poster version. Mm-hmm. So I've when I was doing one. Well, I, lo- I love a vision board. I mean, being an event planner, right? It's all about vision yeah. boards. But um, actually in the class I took, I mentioned with Kathy Heller, she said, you know, one way you could do it is this. And she said you could just scroll through it. And then she's like, but actually, if you have an iPhone, you could do this. So I've been doing that. And I've actually been teaching that to people um, the last Mm. six months. It's very powerful. It's very powerful to do. I might have to see how that could apply to me. I have, you know, we're talking a little bit about the prosperity thinking and stuff like that. And I can, Mm -hmm. I can get on board to some degree. But you know, there's always that kind of like, oh, I don't want to be like, pushy or slimy or anything like that. So I always wanted mm-hmm. to have a balance with, you know, like, I like how you said it with my family, with my business, not just like, I want to have a big house, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. when I usually think about people's vision boards. I just think about the big rings, the big house and the big vacations. And it sounds like yours, it's a lot more intentional and thoughtful than that. Yeah. So I think when you're creating your vision board, like you said, 
I don't think, I think if you're doing it for the big house, just to have the big house, that might be temporary. When you're creating vision, you need something more lasting. So like for me, I actually want a huge house, but I don't want a huge house to have a huge house to say like, hey, look at me, I have a huge right. house. I want a huge house so I can host the retreats I'm planning on doing at my house. It's a venue for you. And yes. I, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. I want a venue where basically I can host all of my friends mm -hmm. and family to come for all the parties. Yeah. So then posting big houses in your vision board, there's nothing slimy about that. That's beautiful because your intent is right. Right. Yeah. So when you're doing your vision board, I think it's really important to think about why would I want that? Why do I want? I have a lot of pictures on my vision board of light. I have one of stadium with everyone holding up their phones, like all the lights, because I talk okay. a lot about how we are light. And when we light our life up, when we shine, we give other people permission to shine and they light up. And then it just like, I always picture the sea of lights just expanding out. And it's a beautiful visual for me. It's inspiring. So I have a stadium of lights, not because I'm like, I want to be the one where they're all swinging. The fame. The, right? But because that that is so powerful for me to understand the impact I can have and that you can have and the person next to me can have, that we can all have that impact. And it creates beauty in the world, which is what I'm seeking, right? I'm always seeking that magic. So I can get behind that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. yeah. What were you oh. going to say? So the other thing I do, and none of this takes long, right? My vision board is like two minutes. Meditation's like five minutes because honestly, I'm not in a mom. My mom head could not do 20 minutes or more. Like none of these take long. It's, I have something called the I Am Journal. It's a great tool um, and I talk about it all the time. But she has an intention setting. So it's like use your I Am statements which I'm passionate about. I do the 10 day I am challenge as part of my company, but I am statements, you know, I am capable, I'm strong, I'm a good mom, I am able to do podcasts, whatever it is that you, so you say your I am statements and you talk about how, what am I giving back to the world today and how am I gonna do it? And you set your intentions. So those are kind of the pattern. And when I do that, then I'm like, okay, I can conquer the world. I just like set my whole mind and body ready to work. And that's a whole different space to work from than like, Oh my gosh, I just dropped off the kids and then we were all yelling at each other and it was chaotic. And I don't even know if people got their lunches or their medicines or did they have shoes on? I don't even know if they had shoes on. <laughs> like, you know, like operating from that space is not very productive. <laughs> but operating from my 20 minutes of intention setting and resetting, that's very productive. Uh, all the anxiety of dropping off my kids just came flooding back to me because I think we've had all of those scenarios. My daughter was supposed to go on a spelling bee field trip. She was, um, she placed on the top, I think four or five last year and they were going to go to see the, the district one or something like that. And she showed up to, sh to school with no shoes that day. She went to the spelling bee field trip with my shoes on. I mean, that's real life. That's real life. That doesn't make yep. her a bad person or you a bad mom. That's just life, you know? Like it just yeah. is. So, but we don't often acknowledge life and we are usually embarrassed by life. Again, that's why I'm always like strong people. I say we're real type, real talk with a side of glitter here. So yeah. let's, yeah. let's say it how it is and love it anyway. Any final words before we wrap it up? How can people find you? So people can find me all over the place. I am the strong www.thestrongandcapable.com. And from there, you can find the podcast, which is also The Strong and Capable. Our theme this year is Say Yes to Life. And so every month has had a theme about how we say yes to life and what that looks like. How do we show up 
It has been amazing. I absolutely love the podcast. We hit a thousand downloads the first month. So it was, it's just been really just so fun to watch people get excited about it and be involved in it. Um, I have the Awake Membership Community, which you can find on the website as well. In the Awake Membership Community, we meet every month or not every month, every week on Tuesday nights. And we talk about all the, a lot of the things we talked about tonight, you know, what is the intention of your heart? What are your quirks or your personalities? How do we work through this crazy mindset stuff? How do we find value in who we are and own it? These aren't for people who are lost. The awake community, I say they're awake because they're not letting the world dictate how they live their life. They're intentionally living their life. And that is, man, we just need more of those people in the world. We need more people awake. Um, so that's on the website. And then of course, Instagram is actually just my name. It's Bridgette, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R on Instagram. And that's where I spend most of my time. So if you want to okay. like hang out with me, DM me, whatever, Instagram mm-hmm. is kind of, it starts there and on the podcast and then filters out from there. Okay. So that's where you're centered right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do anything on Facebook too or not so much? I do. I have a Facebook. I guess I should say that too. I have a Facebook group. It's called the Strong and Capable. And it is a private group just because I want people who want to be strong and capable and want to be there. But I've never said yet no to anyone who wanted to be okay. in it either. So all are welcome. All are welcome. And we're actually, we do a, a free monthly class on mindset and it's hosted in that group. So okay, can definitely join So it's not exclusive to your awake membership community, but that's no. who generally shows up. So in the strong and capable, I mean, everybody does. And we talk about what it is to be strong and capable. I share um, most of what I do on Instagram filters over to there. And then, you know, I do a lot of polls and like, how are you feeling this week? And just more fun, light, because I think the strong and capable, someone who's strong and capable also knows how to have fun. It should be fun. Life should be good and full of magic. Really, truly. Right, right. Well, thank you so much. And don't forget, how can we find you? Uh, if anyone local to Arizona, are you like serving the Phoenix metro area or the East Valley um, for the deco crates? For deco crates, um, more East Valley right now, unless they want to pay us to haul it out. And then we would. I mean, we would do it. We're crazy mm-hmm. like or pick that. Or pickup, maybe. Yeah, but we're mostly East Valley right now. Mm-hmm. And then where do people find you? Is that also like on Instagram? Yes. So Deco Crates is a lot easier because on Instagram, it's just Deco underscore Crates, literally. And I'm going to double check that right now. Yep. <laughs> it's Deco, D-E-C-O underscore Crates, C-R-A-T. And that's a that's a whole fun journey on itself, too, is because we post all of the events that we've done. And it's really pretty. I mean, there's just some beautiful things on there. So it's fun to go check out Deco Crate, definitely on Instagram. Well, thank you, Bridget. Thank you so much for meeting with me. It's been a year since we've seen each other in real life, and this has really been fun to catch up. Appreciate yes, it. Thank, and I feel like I'm being me. inspired by your wall of clip cords because I feel like I need a little bit more of that in my life. And I have a wall right here that's perfectly bare and ready for something like that. I like I like that. It is thank fun. You. And if you really want to have fun with it, um, I post on Deco Crate, but you can get like 12 clipboards online, tape them off, and then decorate the backs of them different colors. So now you've got like all sorts of fun things happening up there in your favorite colors. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's call it. Thank you so much. And this has been April Malone with Bridget Heller, and we'll see you next time. See you. Thank you, April. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.